commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Core world news. You may fire when ready. From the right side of the galaxy, I'm Chris Comeback, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news show for in-depth coverage of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now for a new segment rundown, April 29th, 2021. More mouse than man. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. But first, this news. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another week of Core World News. Um, this week, um, interesting week this week. Small print. Uh, we're going to just preview May the 4th. This is going to be coming up. Um, what's going on there? We're going to have some news from the park from Disney. We've got some Disney news, more Mouse Than Man. Um, large print. We're going to be talking about Vader 11 and that. I mean, it has got new information. New information has come to light, man, uh, about the sequel trilogy. It is a direct tie-in. It shows a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And now we know who Snoke is. So stick around for that. Um, We'll get there. But I read this on Wednesday, and I don't know why the internet has not exploded. But we'll get there. Yeah, the internet is going to blow up. But, um, okay, so we're recording this on uh, April 30th. It's going to be posted on May the 1st. um, But May the 4th is nigh. Um, and this is marks the 10 year anniversary of it being an official, like star Wars holiday, official, official, I guess. Um, and, uh, so Disney's doing things, not a lot, but, um, there's a, a mural on Disney plus. If you've got the Disney plus, um, with Zizou's, uh, art, which is cool. And so, yeah, we've got that. And then there's going to be fan art that's going to accompany all the major films and some of the the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars and stuff that's going along with it. But I mean, that stuff all sounds great, but I got to think we're going to get a trailer or right. two. Right. Yes. This yeah. holiday season. Yes. I, I should also I'm wondering which one, which one, which ones those will be. Uh, do you guys have any guesses for what we might see? I mean. I think Book of Boba Fett's probably a pretty good guess. Yeah. For one, my money's on uh, my money's on Obi Wan. We get an Obi Wan trailer, or we get we get a snippet. Yeah, a teaser. I guess we probably get like a one. We probably get like we know he's like fully bearded at this point. Like he is primed to be Obi Wan. So I wonder if we at least get like a a lightsaber ignition, right? Like some one shot Mm. teaser. I think you could get a a really. Really there, wonderful, yes. sort of heartfelt, meditative, behind the scenes sort of snippet of Ooh. the production so far, and yeah. how Ewan's feeling and what it's feeling uh, like, what it feels yeah. like for him to get to hold a lightsaber again and to return to this character. I mean, this is yeah. this is huge that he's coming back. I feel that's like. a great I, call. I bet we do get a behind the scenes reel from something, and I think Obi Wan's a good. A good guess for that, yeah. And the fourth, that would be more of a Star Wars Day thing too. Like, yeah, the fourth alludes to the Force, right? Like, I think a Jedi are centric to this holiday, just in my mind. And I think you could do a Boba Fett trailer, and that'd be great. But I think what follows is going to be something from Obi Wan because I, it's got. Yeah. I think we have to see a Jedi. We have to see the path forward for Star Wars. I hope all. I hope to always, you know, involve a Jedi in some way, but you know, I I don't mind bounty hunters and smugglers and the other characters in in the gambit but but ultimately uh I, I i love the force and i would love to see something from obi-wan that'd be fun. yeah me too that's a really great call i am actually um 
forgetting to mention that uh, the first episode of the Bad Batch animated series is going to come out on the fourth. So um, that is exciting news. We're going to get a brand new series. I need myself some new yep. uh, Star Wars content, and that is going to scratch that itch a little bit. I started watching rewatching uh, Mandalorian season two today. Hmm. Uh, and I, I I don't watch these movies and shows a lot. I, I give some time behind them, and um, it feels so good, man. Feels so good. Cobb Vanth again. I just watch all of Justified since the last time nice. I saw this episode. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, he's so yeah. justified to keep that armor. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You're we off air. We talked a bit about Justified last week, and I think Ben has ruined Justified for me because now every time I see every time I see Tim with the other, I'm like. I'm justified because I'm justified. <laughs> yeah. And you have to say it every time after the like lead in like bad country rap music plays. You have to go justified. It was a great yeah. thing in the like the mid aughts. Do you know what's still a great thing is Cobb Vanth. And um, yes. I hope we see him in um, in Bo- Book of Boba. I hope he uh, he shows up again. I hope he earns some armor. I just want to see that. Yeah. Well. Like the armorer is sitting on a whole lot of Beskar right now. And I want. It's like you get a set of armor and you get a set of armor, not you, Cara Dune. You get a set of armor, that sort of thing. Yar, it might be my favorite character from from that show. Honestly, I mean, it's I love the you know you know me. I love the deep lore cuts and, and the characters that hail from, you know, whatever strange indoctrinations and religions and cults and factions. You know, I love that sort of stuff. So I love the armor. I hope there's there's a lot more to explore with that character and unlock. So I hope we. Hope we get more with her in the third season. I mean, that would be really fun to get. Yeah, I would armor. think so. I'm a big believer is if they don't die on screen, they're not actually dead, right? And so, like, if you, yeah, she's alive. Yeah, absolutely. And she's carrying a like a block, like one of the blocks from one of the Great Pyramids, like mm. blocks. Um, an Easter Island head full of Mandalorian armor. A <laughs> giant, like crystalline. Huge tree of of Beskar that's Beskar Starfighter. Yeah. Oh my gosh, flying a Beskar Starfighter. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're not talking a lot about uh, Bad Batch here. I mean, we've I don't know what we're gonna get. Right? We've talked about this show before. It looks like they start off working for the Imperials, and then they're like, you know what, this isn't for me, and we might get all of that. In the first, I gotta got think they go AWOL around the time of Order 66, and yeah, you know, Tarkin sending every you know clone stormtrooper now at that, that point, you know, under his command to hunt them down. And uh, I, 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 gotta, I gotta think that's part of the show in some way, but I gotta think they're doing something that's either aiding the rebellion or progressing the, the story of the good guys in some way. So I'm, I'm interested to see what that's about. I mean, there were theories that they saved Grogu like from the Jedi temple. Like there's so, there's yeah. so much fun fan speculation going into yeah. this show. And uh, I can't wait to see what, uh, what happens, but the trailers are gorgeous. The animation, yes. once again, stunning. Uh, they found the another film. gear again. Yeah. It was like, yes, oh, right? it got better every season. And then now this is like yet another layer of awesome animation. Yeah. I guess there's been some early, kind of like not leaked but like early reviews of people who've gotten to see the first few episodes kind of people in the know and it sounds really positive like people are really very excited about this and say that it's, it's good because to be honest like i i love the clone wars cartoon and, and i enjoy the clones but i was more about the ahsoka stories and the anakin stories. so we're, we're telling a story that removes from the forefront at least jedi and the force right yeah I, and so 
I, when they announced this, I'll be honest, I was a little like, oh, okay. I mean, it's I'll watch it, but I wasn't yeah. excited about it. And I keep forgetting it's coming. But the more I see of it, the more I'm like, no, they're they're going to do something special here, I think. I think this is really a great idea. And I think really doubling down on the personalities of the clones and to actually have a group of rogue clones against this entire, you know, chip-enhanced clone army is going to be interesting. I think there's a lot of storytelling that can be done that we haven't seen before. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some fun homework might be to watch the first four episodes of the seventh season of Clone Wars, the mm. seventh and final season, because that that is the Bad Batch arc we got already. So there's some precedent here and it'd be good to get a little primer and catch up on on uh, what we got there. Um, I can say great. I just purchased a crosshair figurine from <laughs> nice. Amazon. I just took you can take a personality test on starwars.com. I would never take one elsewhere because it's just oh, like, all right. it's just like an info farm. But it's going to make me sad. Yeah. But uh, I encourage you to go do that. I was the nerdy one with glasses. I was going to say I'm going to co- I'm going to be the one who has a receding hairline as a nerd, which is like <laughs> cool. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know my clone is just a clone of me. He's more mouse than man. Twisted and All right, so uh, we're going to talk a bit about kind of the Star Wars and Disney confluence of of things. And, and, you know, once again, Disney has found a way to make me do something that I never thought I would do before, which is go on a cruise. (laughs) I've never been a big fan of cruises. I won't, you know. If you are, I'm not going to yucky or yum, but not really my deal. Uh, apparently, they were prison ships for, you know, like just last year. Yeah. And like, you know, the, the and all the viruses that go through them. And anyway, yeah. And the, you know, the impact it has in the environment. And anyway, moving on. Happy things. So the uh, apparently on the Disney Cruise Lines now, they are going to have on their main line various bars. And these are all different types of bars on just one giant, massive cruise. So you're going to have like your Marvel bar and you're like all just these different things. But there's a Star Wars bar coming. And apparently, and I just sent it via chat, the the picture. Yeah. So a couple things to note about it. You know, the first thing is it's not what you would think of as a Star Wars bar. It is not inspired by things like a cantina. Uh, they specifically were in, the Imagineers were inspired by Dryden Voss's yacht on Solo, mm. which I think we talked about just last week. Was it last week when we were talking about? We did, yeah. Star- How much we love that ship. Yeah, and so like this is the closest thing you're gonna get to. And first of all, it's in like Canto Bight, so this is upscale in Star Wars, which I am super excited to go to Oga. Uh, is it Oga's Cantina or something like that? Uh, yeah, at sure. at uh, Galaxy's Edge and experience the cantina life, but I'm a little older now. I like myself in Manhattan. I'm looking for a classy joint, so I'm really excited to check this place out. It looks and, like a little slice of what I would imagine that new uh, resort that's like supposed to be like your yeah. on ship will be because it's yeah. got like a virtual like window that looks out at a planet and like ships flying by and stuff. And that's, and that's the same thing I thought is that when I first saw this, cause I kind of just was skimming through the internet and saw this, I figured this was a bar in that star Wars hotel in Disney world, but yeah, no. Ex- so it looks like it, right. It looks like exactly what they're going for, but they are going for this cruise line feeling. And apparently that view screen gives you panoramic views of places like Tatooine, Mustafar and Batu. Mm. So 
I'm okay. wondering, and I don't know if this has been confirmed anywhere. It has Batu. I'm guessing because, as we know, the catchphrase or the catchword of Disney is synergy. synergy. <laughs> and so I'm wondering if you can take this cruise ship, it drops you off somewhere near Orlando. You get put into a van with no outside windows, but a view screen that then drops you off at this other thing. Like, right, I'm I'm wondering if they're giving you this like seamless experience of being like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star no, Wars. No, why would a cruise ship pass by Mustafar like in Galaxy for in Galaxy reasons? Okay, the fact that, you that question <laughs> means you have no soul. Who cares? Canto Bite. Why wouldn't it, Why wouldn't it fly yeah. by Canto Bite? It make that would make great. Cantonica. Nonetheless, <laughs> is it going to sell like a different? Uh, is it going to have a different menu? You? Is it going to have different drinks? Is it going to? Because it would be cool if Oga's Cantina was kind of like you know you could get the Dagobah you know Slug Slinger and the Fuzzy Tauntaun and, and and drinks there, but like maybe the, if the drinks were different at this bar, that would be mm-hmm. interesting. I'm, yeah, they haven't really said much. I'm wondering how. So Galaxy's Edge is trying to be very much immersive, right? Like you're supposed to go in, speak the language. You have alien bartenders. I'm wondering if this is a little more relaxed in that, right? Where it's just like, here's the Star Wars feeling. There's a human bartender. So I shouldn't RP in my Jedi robes. I mean, no, no. You (laughs) always, you always should RP in your Jedi robes. I heard, I heard that was not allowed. That's why I haven't been there yet. To uh, the Galaxy's Edge? (laughs) We'll see. What are they going to do? I mean, are they going to kick me off? That would make it more fun. I for one don't own Jedi robes, but I, nonetheless, I would. I would do that. They so actually, like, Disney Store is selling some really uh, cost-effective yeah. Jedi yeah. apparel. I saw those. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the same one you sent me. I may or may not have shared that those robes. Yeah. So, side note: if I wore those and had a replica lightsaber, and they decided to start kicking me out, I could just start hitting them with my rec- replica lightsaber and say it's cosplay, right? And not be legally accountable for any. No, injury. that's the thing is, I don't think leave that up to a judge, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that's, it's, that's super cool that they're building more, uh, you know, services and, and things aside from rides, right? Like it's, it's fun to immerse yourself in the galaxy just by, you know, walking into a shop or eating in a restaurant. Like I want to feel like I'm in the galaxy in a lot of ways. And yeah, it would be, it would be fun to one day have like three restaurants, three bars, you know, like just on the streets and you feel like, like, you know, it's the larger landscape to explore. Uh, it'll be fun as it expands and we get more of these things. All right, welcome back to another Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. This week we're covering Darth Vader number 11, and this is Into the Fire, part six, Exegol, uh, written by Greg Pak, uh, penciled by Rafaela Ienko. Uh Letter is Joe Caramagna, colorist is Naraj Menon. And instead of just giving you a tease of what the issue is about, we'll give you a, a full-on summary. But uh, maybe we'll keep one very important spoilery bit um, a secret until we get to a spoiler For section. Three seconds discussion. after you finish your summary, yeah, I, w- I was more. Th- I was thinking more about just the the last panel. You know, this the sort of final reveal of the comic, not so much the uh, the infamous um, object in the tank. A floating right. in the tank. Well, and I was thinking about something else just at the end there. Maybe keep that right. a secret. But here's a summary. Uh, after having survived a crucible on Mustafar and obtaining the Wayfinder from the Eye of the Webbish Bog, Vader has successfully navigated the Sith throne world of Exegol and rides on Palpatine's citadel atop a colossal monster from red space. 
Unfortunately, Palpatine has foreseen his coming and easily thwarts the monster bent to Vader's will. In his anger, Vader chases Palpatine through the ghastly bowels of the Citadel, only to find a mysterious cloning operation and an all-too-familiar hand floating in the tank, before fending off an ambush of faceless warriors and dagger-wielding acolytes. As Vader descends, uh, descent continues, he stumbles upon the Emperor's buried fleet and learns of their enhanced destructive capability. Um, uh, Vader and a shaken Ochi of Bastoon finally enter an inner sanctum where Palpatine reveals the source of his ultimate power. Yeah, uh, buckle up, everyone. Like, I, there's, I <laughs> yeah. can't oversell this comic, especially this issue of this comic. The, I mean, all the Vader stuff has been really revealing and amazing, but like, we're getting this. I mean, first of all, I, I kind of thought this was going to be Kylo's adventure we saw in Rise of Skywalker, but right. we. We're getting this journey into the sequels. We're going to be talking a lot about the sequels in this segment. I'm just. I mean, mostly we're just going to be talking about Rise of Skywalker. I mean, not mostly, but I, like, it, it's amazing how much this run of Vader is all about telling the background to Rise of Skywalker. I mean, the fact that Ochi of Bastoon has a major arc. We're talking about yeah. Vader's setting foot on Exegol, Eye of the Webbish Bog. It's it's they're doing work here. Yeah. Debatably, and, work that they could have been in the films. I would argue. In a lot yeah. Uh, we, because in this issue, I think the the big thing that's trending on social media is obviously the the hand that we see floating in the the back to tank, the kind of small. Yeah, I but guess, but not trending case. enough. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we'll be after we talk about it. We'll see. Yeah. We got to get well, this out there. I've been th- I've been talking about this, and I've been thinking about it for five years. Like, uh, yeah. you know neurotically thinking about how the the Michael Arndt script that we know early on was was kind of some <laughs> of the the kind of structure structural material for the sequel trilogies uh had the hand had Luke's severed hand floating in space as kind of a the first image of the film yeah the lightsaber yeah i mean l- Grant Earn like deserves his due on this one. This is he's been talking about this over and over again about the hand and its role in possibly creating Snoke. And he he sent around this is definitely Grant's victory lap day because he sent around like a um a Reddit post from pre uh, five pre- years ago. My first my pre- first ever lap. Reddit post. Can I can five I five years ago and yeah. talked about this? And we don't have to read the whole thing, but can I at least read the title? Yes, by all means, read okay. the title. The title of Grant's post from five years ago was an, an, an Obsession, a Hand, and the Monster We Call Snoke. Yeah. <laughs> and, and thus begins a treatise on like mm-hmm. why wow. it would make a lot of sense and, and be a really fulfilling experience for the, the hand to be the cloning material for Snoke. And yeah. sure it, enough, here we are on the 11th edition of this Vader run. Yeah. You know, however long it was after the rise of Skywalker, a year and two months, three months, and that they they just slide it into a comic. Yeah, just yeah. just just like it's only slightly upsetting, but <laughs> I, I I really did want to see this connective tissue uh, in the film. I wanted to see how Snoke relates to Luke. I mean, especially with yeah. the second film revolving around Luke, I would have loved to have seen more 
of Luke and Snoke's relationship and what that means in a lot of ways, because I think that's fascinating. I think it's highly organic that the villain of the sequel trilogy would be the sort of shadow Luke, the, the idea of the, 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 the Luke who had been swayed to the dark side, the, the, the corrupted Luke. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's a great foil. It's a great shadow for the characters. And, um, and it would have been a fun slow drip reveal that could have uh, amplified the, the, the parentage reveal for Ray. I mean, I, I always want the, I always want uh, like Ray's story, you know, first and, and center stage. But it would have been really exciting to see Luke and Snoke interact. I think that's yeah. something that I desperately wanted from the sequel trilogy. I think what's interesting too, Grant. Like, yeah, I hundred percent agree. This, you know, if this is now canon, I mean, we to be fair, we are connecting a few dots. We just see a hand and we see Snoke's in a jar. But I think this is the clear implication of what this comic is telling us. So let's just, we'll just assume. Right. And, this let, is and let's what consider it is. the timing of this comic. This is right. right before Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So it's the hand is still whole. He hasn't used it yet. Um, right. So yeah, there's that. But so it's a pretty short jump. It's it's yeah. a it's a tiny light uh, hyper yeah. space. Skip. I, 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 I would, doubt Snoke's complete genetic makeup is all Luke. Like I, he's got to be partially yeah. Palpatine, right? Like I, I right. imagine. A but that's that's the obsession part of my my post, by the way. My the, the chimera. To me, in a lot of ways, the the Emperor. I felt the Emperor was obsessed with Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy. I, I just yeah. felt this sort of. This this coveting aspect to mm. to him, where he wanted to then he wa- he wanted Luke to replace Vader. Like you just, I think we all felt that as the audience, especially when Vader was is is badly damaged and it's the in the throne room, and you feel that that the Emperor is desperately desperately wants Luke at this point because yeah. Vader Vader's kind of at the end of his line. I mean, and this issue in a lot of ways kind of showcases, you know, just how awful and how traumatic Vader's life has been under, you know, the Emperor's command. I want to jump on top of that real quick because if this is what they're doing for canon in the sequel trilogy, there's something that could have happened that's really interesting, which is Palpatine, let's say everything happens the exact way it does in all the sequel trilogy, except that at some point Kylo finds out that Snoke is a Luke clone. So think about what what the last Jedi means. Um, so Luke, or sorry, Ben or Kylo is seduced from Luke by a clone of Luke. While being after being seduced, he is then almost murdered by his uncle. To then go to his clone of his uncle, <laughs> he then kills the clone of his uncle. Right, like this is Palpatine twisting this poor child. Right. Like, no, you were seduced by your uncle. He was your uncle. Then you killed your uncle. And then you wanted to kill your uncle. Like it, it just the idea of this of, of Palpatine just messing with the minds of his potential, um, you know, his potential sires is amazing. Like, I think this is like you really could have kept everything the same. But just to find the, the to, to actually have at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker Man. for for the hand and for him to realize that Snoke, the person that thought he was teaching him was actually his uncle. Like, what does that mean? Right? Like this uncle versus uncle thing. Right. right. That, and also, I mean, I think, sorry, I think that speaks to what Grant just said as well, which is Palpatine's obsession with Luke. Yeah. And we do see it in this comic, but you know, he was so obsessed with Luke. He's like, okay, fine. Actually, that's not true. Cause this happened. This happens. Oh, no, that's right. 
like if you if you won't come to the dark side, if Luke won't come to the dark side, I'll make my own Luke out of Luke, you know, and I'll make a dark side Luke. And that's essentially what he did with Snoke. It explains his confidence in the throne room in Return of the Jedi that yeah. he has yeah. behind the scenes. There is a cloning operation and they're using the severed hand to make these Snokes. And this is around the time of Empire Strikes Back that he was doing this. Yeah. So, um, it, but but I also don't want to undermine the Emperor. He could have had the foresight to see his defeat and see Kylo's rise and and this sort of using you know all these devices to manipulate Kylo later on. Like that's that's also an interesting take that I haven't heard that you're bringing up, Adam. That I haven't heard yet. That I think's really fascinating. But I, I to me I I just think there's a real missed opportunity not exploring, especially when you're tethering the minds yeah. of your two main characters, not exploring the 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 dichotomy of Luke and Snoke in the sequel yeah. trilogy in, yeah. in a, a more meaningful way. Cause uh, to me, I feel like that was really interesting. And I know I, I'm not a huge fan of the rise of Skywalker, but I do love all the star Wars films. I, rise of Skywalker has some really great moments, but I'm not, a, I'm not, a, you know, it's not my, one of my favorite films, yeah. but, um, and I think a lot of people um, um, are, are quite critical of it uh, for kind of feeling compressed and for the pacing, feeling a little, it's a little too fast paced and, and things like that. And, uh, and I get it. It's a lot, it's a lot at once in, in a short period of time. And, uh, but I gotta say, I think, I think what JJ tried to do right away was just compress a lot of this dark side lore in the beginning of the film, which is yeah. very quickly just be like, Oh, he, and, and this all happened and, and get it done. Cause I think that should have been paced out. I think the dark side through line, the Palpatine Snoke stuff all, and, and Luke's yeah. connection to that and the severed hand, if, if the severed hand was indeed in play, from the beginning and it was something that everyone was kind of on board for uh, it would have been fun to see that paced out and, and a sort of slow drip reveal throughout the trilogy that that would have been you know my cup of tea yeah, yeah. i hear you i think you know what like ryan johnson did was sort of take a literal interpretation of the original trilogy which is like we don't know anything about the emperor and that's what i'm going to do with snoke and then they can sort of backfill in some ideas but they were really coy with snoke and that's putting it generously. I mean, it's he's just there and then he's not. And it's like at the very end, you're like, he was a clone. And I don't know, it would just add so much more depth if they were able to connect it to um, them. But they decided to reveal it here. I think, you know, they Disney and Lucasfilm believes in synergies. And so, I, I you know, we knew they'd be feeding off Rise of Skywalker for a long time. There's so much backfill they can do to sort of yeah. it. And um, and this this comic has done a lot of lifting there, at least on the dark side, which is pretty interesting. Which, I mean, part of me loves that about the fact that they decided to take a comic to reveal this, right? Like, I remember being on the playground talking about Star Wars, and somehow we all knew, in quotation marks around the world, knew that Darth Vader got burned on a yeah, volcano yeah, planet, yeah. right? Yeah, and right. part or of that the prequel is, trilogy. Yeah, right, 100%. because... It was written by someone in some Starlog magazine in 1982. And we took that. So part of me loves this that like when I'm watching this and like someone says like or my daughter, someone else says like, what is Snoke? Well, like like the fact that I have yeah. like this is how and this is not like a gatekeeper type of way at all. And I've never felt gatekeeper gatekeeper. But to be excited to be like like. Yeah, you you reveal these secrets. It, you don't need to know this. You can still enjoy the sequel trilogy without knowing that Snoke is a weird clone or chimera of 
Luke and the Emperor, but like they reward you for being a fan, right? It doesn't it doesn't take away from your your enjoyment of this of the core movies, but it provides you with a little more depth. And, and it's not unprecedented because we know when when Disney first purchased Star Wars and, and their development of the Force Awakens, we know that JJ was working intrinsically with a, with a comic book team, yeah, uh, working on a, a story about. C-3PO and his red arm. Right. And in the film, C-3PO walks out of the resistance transport with a red arm. And he's like, oh, you may have not noticed me with my, you may have not noticed that it was me <laughs> with my red arm. You know, and like, and that ties directly to a comic book. If you had not yeah. read that comic book, you would not know where that arm came from. And so I actually do like the kind of cross the transmedia sort of efforts to, to create you know, synergistic storytelling. I do like, I do like yeah. that idea in theory, but this one is one that I really did wish huge, was in the yeah. <laughs> This is yeah. a little different well, for me. You know, in, in the ways that both of you are talking about this, it's very meta, right? Because at its best, Star Wars is modern myth. And what these synergistic, like these these other media do, especially comics, the, you know, some of the lesser consumed media of, of comics and animation, it creates myth within myth. You know, it's just like, OK, so you're a casual Star Wars fan and you get the major lessons and you you enjoy the movies and it's great and you like the characters and whatever. But it's like if you, you know, sit down with the right person, they're going to be like, oh, did you actually know? And there's this other layer of myth and mythology to these stories that yeah. uh, that hardcore fans know about. And then that's the joy of it. Right. It's the joy of sharing. Right. It's not yeah. the it's not the one upsmanship or the or the gatekeeper to just be like. Yeah. Oh, if you're interested in this, there's this whole thing, or, you know, not like, oh, you don't know that you're not a fan. Like that's total BS because I feel like if you only watch the movies, you get a complete story with just the movies, right? Like that is a complete tale. If you watch just the nine Skywalker saga movies, you get yeah. a complete story. If you read it, you get a complete story plus bonuses, right? I just, I am so excited about this. I think one thing we're for, not forgetting, but something to consider is that, this story might not be done being told in live action, right? We've seen, I always refer to him Snoke's in a jar in the Mandalorian season two. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's not Snoke, but we know that we've seen their cloning plan in live action, you know, a little bit after this. So part of me wonders if we might get treated to a Luke's decrepit hand, yeah. <laughs> right? In a jar in a Mandalorian episode. See, I think what you could do is you could do a young Kylo series mm, mm -hmm. because I, I don't think it has. It, you could cast an all a new actor for for Kylo. He could be, you know, 10 to 15 in that range. And it could be the early manipulations of this this clone, this this, you know, menace. Yeah. That would be fascinating to watch that, especially to see it take some, you know, left turns when the prequels took a right. You know what I mean? Like to see it do something differently with the, with the manipulation storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could do Snoke. I mean, you could, that would be, yeah. I mean, the, the tough thing would be. It, it, it probably, would help create a foundation like for uh, Force Awakens like, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Force Awakens is, is on some shaky feet, especially when Leia's like, it was Snoke and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, really like what happened like how did how did the how did he first interact with kylo we get some of it in the rise of kylo Ren comic mm. where you see kylo visit that that the space station we know from the claudia gray book and um uh in the high republic novels um the uh 
those kind of those giant machines built to, I guess, keep the the Drengar at bay. We see um, we see Kylo go visit Snoke there, so we know right. that there's there's those interactions. But it, I think there's more. It it feels like they'd met they'd met before that moment in that comic book, so it'd be fun to see. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of room there for for yeah. that storytelling. And I mean, there's rumors about a time jump in the Mandalorian. And oh, interesting. That it could be significant, and it depending on so. I think in so nine huh. ABY is when um, Grogu takes off with Luke, and I think five ABY is when um, when Ben is born. Or six ABY, yeah, so, five or six. But I so I mean, five. if they do a ten year jump, which is a huge jump, but possible, they could you know there would be an overlap, and they could you know they could rescue Grogu from the burning shrapnel of of Luke's school. Um, well, that'd be a wild take. I have a quick pitch for you guys. Do it. What's that? What, what if Mando, Din Djarin, becomes Mandalore, is in charge of protecting the planet Mandalore and all the Mandalorians, but in so doing uh, comes into conflict with the New Republic, and the First Order then come and fight off the Mandalorians and, as if the, and frame them as a sort of threat to the order of the galaxy. And then you have, you have the first order not fighting with the new Republic. Cause we know that doesn't happen until, Ooh. you know, into the, mm. the sequel trilogy, but you can have this kind of this proxy fat battle to showcase shadow first order has sort of, yeah, like political buy-in in the galaxy in some way as mm. well. And then build in some Snoke stuff on the side. That'd be interesting. That'd be a really yeah. cool way to have them frame up the, the early stages of the first order. And because it might not be like all stylized yet, or maybe it is, but it would be great. Like he just gets done dealing with the empire and then all of a sudden the first order comes through and they're like, you know, <laughs> and I mean, this could all happen over time too. Um, I'm just There's, hoping yeah. to see Grogu again sooner than later. Uh, I like the idea. so funny. I was, I was, I'm happy with Grogu not returning except for maybe in comic form or in ancillary material because it, the story was so Perfect for me. I was like, it had such a great, great send off. You're 100% right. It's perfect, perfect off. I still want more Grogu. Yeah. I like, I don't I, know what from a storyteller standpoint, 100 agree. I just need to see that kid again. I don't, I've never had an attachment to a character like I do to Grogu, and I don't know why. I mean, I love the Mandalorian, but it's just like that, like, yeah. bond that they have together is I think what makes the show. And I never was like, I really need to, I would love to see a lone wolf and Cove. Can, can Grogu be like a middle-aged, you know, version of his species oh. in a, oh. in a new trilogy and, and be part really? of the ensemble. What Ooh. do you mean by of his, of his like own series? Yeah. Like whatever, you know, like a, a Yoda, but a, a Yoda species, but, but, but let's put like 400, like 400. Maybe, yeah. this, maybe the new trilogy sure. takes place 400 years later. But, Yoda dies at 18, so I don't know what you're talking about middle-aged. We haven't seen a middle-aged Yoda yet, because at 900, they'd be 18 years old, based on the math. No, because we, no, but it, it's, it's, in, it's, Your it's, math very, doesn't it's variable. Math. It's, it's oh, my math exponential. works. It's, it's exponential. exponential. All right, fine. Yeah. You yeah, have, have out-mathed me, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and nonetheless. Uh, I, sorry, I totally yeah, derailed I that. Roughly, I, roughly a 400-year-old Grogu. I would love do that. A trilogy, do a trilogy there in the far future. Completely new factions at war, new yeah. Jedi characters. Grogu is a Jedi of some kind. I, I imagine. I, th I think the actually the math works, but it's not. It's not a hundred to one. It's ten to one. 
So at 50, he's five. And at 100, he's 10. And then, and so um, Yoda died when he's 90 at 900. Well, yeah. So I think you're close. I yeah. I guess a five-year-old would have a better grasp on that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, my child is, who is 10 months old is pretty His close to language. Rogu level was. Um, but, but, but exponentially, I think you're right. If it's an exponential curve, I mean, I'd have to get my old, well, not my old, I actually use it every day, but I have to go get my TA-83 graphing calculator and figure out what the curve is. <laughs> but we have a, we Steve have right there. Yeah. Um, we have two points of, anyway, we can figure it out. But yes, I mean, yes, it seems pretty clear that Yoda at age 900 is pretty close to a person at the end of their life naturally. So let's say 80, 90 and Grogu at 50 is around age one. So there's clearly an exponential growth. So yeah, Grant. Yoda's I at like 110 like human years. When he yeah, had, he's, he's, he's like, old. he is. Um, so no, I would love that idea of like a middle-aged Yoda character, or even like a younger Yoda character. Um, I mean, that's a great way to bring Grogu back in a way that I would yeah. be on board for. It's like, let's do the new trilogy and have Grogu be part of the ensemble. Treat it more like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's a, a more diverse ensemble and not so much a a prince and a princess and uh, a scoundrel. You know, like it's something that's yeah. just far more diverse uh, and. And you you get the Grogu character at the center in a lot of in, in a lot of scenes. But you're and, talking about a new series, right? Like taking, a new trilogy, if if a Ryan Johnson trilogy or what have you. Talking about movies, yeah. yeah. Talking about movie, yeah. Talking about yeah. movies, right? Yeah, yeah that's, still, that's where I want to see Grogu come back. I, I I I love him in the series, but it was like we got the Lone Wolf and Cub, and I'm excited to see what Mando does next without the Lone Wolf and Cub dynamic. Like it would be yeah. cool. I don't count on it for long because here's the thing. Um. We talked about what the Mandalorian would be for, I don't know, uh, since the second we heard there was going to be the Mandalorian. And at our best, we had it pretty close to what it was, minus a baby Yoda, right? Like, I think we got pretty close to what it was going to actually be. And if we were right, which it was everything what it was, minus a baby Yoda, it would have been a very good show that Star Wars fans would have loved. And it probably would have done well. But Star Wars found a way, once again, to develop something that elevated it to the level of being a phenomenon, right? Like, the, like I mean, I don't think we can undersell Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is the closest thing to Star Wars as Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. it's the essence like, of Star Wars. When I saw Baby I saw Yoda, Yoda for the Yoda. first time, I, I said to myself, this is Star Wars because... Yeah, I I mean the it, excitement. It's a strange new territory visually, and like it was, it was so much fun. The national excitement level around Gogu, Grogu was only equal to the national excitement level around the original Star Wars movie. Does that make sense? Like, because that's a fascinating statistic, and I, I I feel like you're accurate with that because that's it, accurate. I yeah, felt it. I felt it. it, 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 it dude, I like Yeah. It that's went way I, past Star Wars. Yeah, that's why I hear what you're saying, Grant, and I'd be super intrigued about, you know, seeing the, the Mandalorian not shackled by a little one around. Like, that would be a great story. But sure. I'm telling you, like, I don't know why I am not above the Grey Goo, like, super fan service. Like, normally I'd be like, okay, okay. You know, the, the, the kids or whatever, you know, the, the regulars and casuals love the funny puppet. That's not it. I, there's it's the dynamic between the Mandalorian and Grogu, his like cute little face, like in, you know, the first episode of season two, um, 
him like hiding in the spittoon when the crate dragon goes oh, by. So like, good. It's so good. Yeah, it's just like it. it's like constant comic relief in the way that like you need for Star Wars, right? You need that sort of levity that you know it, he's. I mean, technically, he's playing like the C three PO role or the R two D two role. Yeah, and um, but it's so. It's I don't know the it's episode with the new, ice, it's fresh, ice cave. It's the episode with the ice cave yeah. is debatedly a Grogu episode. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's and so beating so the eggs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, well, even the crash so in the much. beginning is yeah. I think some of the best Grogu footage. It's great. I mean, oh, yeah. that episode yeah. two of season two is really <laughs> underappreciated. Um, so so well. here's the thing: if if we get through the third season of Mandalorian without Grogu. I will stand up and applause Star Wars, Lucasfilm, and Disney. Not because I don't want to see Grogu, because I really want to see Grogu, but to have that amount of restraint would be phenomenal and amazing for a giant corporation to be like, you know, we have this thing that everyone loves that sells millions of toys. You will see Grogu, and I'll tell you how you're going to see Grogu right now. This is another pitch, guys. Another hot, hot, hot take. Um... Don't everyone think? I think that when when Ahsoka does recover Ezra Bridger, yeah, when when uh, they're going to need someone to heal Ezra's mind, broken Ezra, Mm -hmm. and they'll bring Ezra to Luke Skywalker to heal his mind. Because you are like a hundred percent right, Grant. (laughs) And in so doing, they will uh, they'll come across Grogu again, and Grogu will be the cutest little Munchkin Jedi you've ever seen. So my question is, and he might be the one that heals him. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Because we we know he has the healing touch. He does already, naturally. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. Good call. Oh, good so, call. At that point, to get off Grogu for a second, is Luke Skywalker replaced by weird face replacement Luke Skywalker we saw standing very still? No, it's all just. Or is it Sebastian shots. Stan? No, it's tasteful There's shots of like silhouettes and him just standing at the threshold and. Yes, Ahsoka, Ahsoka bringing Ezra into Gro- into the room with Grogu, and right. Luke is barely, yeah, wearing Grogu. his hood up. He's, he's he's not even featured really. All right. yeah. I love that. I would love that. Tasteful, yeah. tasteful, yeah, yeah. Um, so we talked about <laughs> how do we get to Mando, guys? I don't know. Really... We talked. We have literally this is Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. We've talked about <laughs> one panel of a thirty-page comic. <laughs> now I want to take us. Two panels on the same page. Yes. Before that panel, <laughs> let's get let's do it. So this is we assume Luke Skywalker's hand because whose hand would it be? We're going to assume it's Luke Skywalker. We do have cloning tubes that we see prior to this with fully formed humanoids in it. Yeah, they look very. I, 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 I thought Vader immediately. I was like, are these Anakin clones? Basically, like, had the Emperor been trying to do Anakin before Luke? That's the question, right? We see them in pain or whatever because we one we have one literally saying, <laughs> "Wait, I thought that was Vader's lightsaber." No, that is <laughs> that is a clone saying that. And feel free to edit that out because Wait, I did the, it, and then I felt yeah, the, horrible for doing it. The, no, it was lovely. Like, the You're sound welcome. effects in this clone. no that is a that is a clone screaming yeah. um what do they what do the acolytes say when they like rush with the daggers it's it's something i never thought they would like uh, oh I oh yeah it. oh my god one is screaming, screaming but it right? looks i don't know they look they're just like 
skeletons, and they look very Snokish to me. They do, okay. but that's my question. They and then they're more... attacked by clones. You, you actually, you did a beautiful synopsis, Grant, that covered this very well. Um, but we didn't talk about the. There's he gets attacked by a clone group too, which I don't know if they had the force or no, not. I call them faceless warriors. In the hold game. on, ah, faceless yeah. warriors. All right, got you. Cool, cool, but cool, those, cool. they were clones because they have the same like they are clones. messed up skin. Yeah, they, they, like, they like bust out yeah. of like cloning tanks. Like, yeah. however, okay, cool, cool, cool. So this, these stuff. screaming clones in the background, they've had Luke's <laughs> hand. Yeah, exactly. They've had Luke's hand for a few months at this point. Yeah. So I, either these are clones of something else, maybe as Grant mentioned, Anakin. Or they have extreme ability to rapidly like. Part of me wonders if like they're messing around Caminos. Like yeah. who? What? What's, what's their? What is it? Is it five to one? What's the aging ratio with the clones? It's fast, or is it yeah, two it's to one? Very fast, accelerated for sure. So I wonder if they were messing around with that. So they did actually clone these like a month ago, and they realized, oh no, 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 no. We actually have to do like a two to one, three to one. So this is why we get Snoke thirty years later, right? Like they realized they can't get them. They're oh, kind of yeah, buff. Yeah. They look kind of buff and had like broad stature, like Vader to me. And I was just like, oh, are these like Vader clones? Like well, the ones that come out of the yeah. different ones. And the fact that they're like harnessed in these like robotic face masks. I was like, is and, it uh, mean they they're like, like Dr. Amazon for... helmets they're or like, destroyers yeah. from uh, Thor? Um, yeah. yeah. They look pretty cool, though. I really yeah. did like that. Guys, I love this comic. It's already bagged and boarded. <laughs> I picked it up in my local. Like, it's. Sure. Yeah, I, Greg Pak is just crushing this Vader run, and I know it. It does feel like again, it feels like a little compressed. It feels like we're doing all the things we saw in Rise of Skywalker in like a few issues, and he's running back to go hunt hunt Solo for this big event. But it's like I liked this run. Like I thought this was a yeah. really fun yeah. run, and oh and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I the webbish bog, like yeah, we get everything teased. It's, I mean, yeah, this, this it, thing. <laughs> Basically, we get everything teased in the first five minutes of Rise of Skywalker in six issues. <laughs> um, and Grant, were you asking what the acolytes were saying? Yeah, what did they say when they rush? Uh, they just... I'm sorry, they said "grah." <laughs> you know, I remember laughing when I read that. Um, also, like yeah, so Wait, are comic... there daggers like physical daggers, or are they like made of energy? They're, They're physical daggers. Physical, okay. but. Also, comic covers lie because they were supposed to be lightsabers. They're lightsabers in the cover of the comic, but whatever. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. <laughs> Can we talk about the giant kyber crystal in the center of this thing? Yeah, that was the big reveal I didn't give away in the summary. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. I didn't give that away in the summary. That's a big moment for me. I, that's it's kind of yeah. like, I felt like that was really important in a lot of ways. I was like, oh, okay. And then that make that makes me think, yeah, okay, Luke's like hunting for Exegol because there's likely this like giant cluster of Kyber there that he can sense. But and I was like, like well, what about Star Killer? I imagine there's like abused Kyber at the center of Star Killer too. I think and, so, like, right? Why yeah, wouldn't Luke? Why wouldn't Luke be like, hey, there's this thing, you know, Star Killer with you know just you know bloodied Kyber in there. Yeah, there's but, uh, nothing going on here because it's all red kyber, and so and it's like so it's tortured and pain, yeah. and people can't even be. This around was very it. 2001 to me. This was when mm-hmm. when you get like Ochi Invader getting to this strange kind of inner. It looks like the like the the the, the steeple of like a temple of some kind. Like, yeah, it's a, yeah, it looked it could be yeah. on the boo. It's a beautiful. Yeah, it looks like a beautiful ornate temple. 
that seems to be like I mean, the center of the citadel or it, like whatever the epicenter is of this thing. I mean, Ben, it would make sense that it looks like Naboo architecture, right? Because I'm guessing it's built by Palpatine, who Palpatine, is yeah. a right. Naboo native. And also, it looks like those, um, wait, what are those statues you have? Duarte? It actually could, it, it could, which is that sort of, um, uh, oh, I just had on the, what is that style? Art Deco. Next, the Art Deco, thank you. The bar is a little Art Deco, too. It kind of feels the same way that we talked about in the last segment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so there's there's two things I want to talk about here. One, so. Oh, I have like me, seven things, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, one of the, the plot devices was well, something we skipped over. Um, Grant mentioned, so we see the hangar underground where all these Star Destroyers are being yep. built for that last battle on Exegol. And the way they're powering their, their star-killing um, or planet-killing uh, cannons is with they're hacking off pieces of this giant kyber mass <laughs> and putting them. <laughs> the in. Ugnots are like sighing, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they're just they standing like, on the same. Ugnots Jawas. So I don't know what they are, but they're they're they're, they're definitely you know a, a smaller species. Look like look like Ugnots, but they do. They could they be have... like the native Mustafar, the Mustafar Exegolians? native, or the Exegol. Or put... Sorry, the Exegol. Yeah. Actually, they do kind of right. look like the slave race on Mustafar. Oh, they do. We also skipped over the uh, the kaiju fight, but we'll come back around to that at some point. Yeah, it was yeah, just like the kaiju, kaiju fight. fights. Like, there, yeah, a lot happened lobster, in this episode. Lobsters on Exegol. That's all I got to say. Yeah, lobster disease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Read the Dark Tower. It folks. happened. It yeah, happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Greg Pax, clearly a fan. But uh, the other thing is, I was just sort of like, so I think I don't think Kyber occurs naturally that evil. You have to make it evil. And there's this huge monologue from the emperor talking about how pain is the scalpel that carves out life and, you know, and forges everything he does. And in like so we see these tortured clones. So I'm wondering if the cloning is like a symbiotic relationship where their pain he uses the pain of these clones that he's torturing. Um beings to like corrupt the the kyber and make it evil and also uh, on a science thing we'd have to pull jason in on this one but um they needed massive kyber to power the death stars but like these it seems like these red kyber they can just use a small portion of to do mini death stars so are they more powerful or more apt to planet kill. I don't know. There's were the here. were the Kyber like lenses of the Death Star? Were they were they red Kyber or was it like no? It was green Kyber. Yeah, it's green from the yeah from the original trilogy, right? Yeah, so it's just like okay. normal. That's, that's Kyber. fascinating when you think about it. But like, yeah. first weapon well, was almost a light side incarnation, and it, it and the Jedi fell to for, in around the same time it was well, created. Had, like, it's, it's right, like but you have Jedi like, became a weapon against the galaxy in a lot of ways. But it makes yeah. sense because you have people like Galen Erso and other people developing the first Death Star who are scientists, right? So if you talk to them about torturing a crystal that's a living thing to make it bleed, <laughs> they'd be yeah. like, yeah, okay, nutbag. <laughs> what? I don't know. What yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what that yeah. meant. But um, <laughs> that's not what I was just thinking about his face. Yeah. But then it becomes a uh, smart laser when you when you bleed that. Crystal. But that's the thing, right? So so I like Ben's idea of this, right? Torture them that they become more powerful because they tap into the dark side, yeah. right? So you need this giant thing of of regular Kyber 
to get the same thing because their light side doesn't have it's not tortured it's not feeling so i like this idea of like once again star wars mixing the the mystical with the science right like it's just it's it works really well i think that's a really good interpretation of it it makes a lot of sense why you're able to just take this one thing and power tons of death star labors on death star lasers on uh star destroyers also, we see Ochi of Bastoon, his mind getting blown. Well, why not deploy that yeah. fleet earlier? I because because this just building was dramatic. Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> and they had to somehow shoehorn this in. Sorry, was that too too real? <laughs> I was like, you know, the First Order would have had a lot more control of the galaxy if they had just, you know, maybe deployed that fleet with the yeah. planet killing cannons. That's but, true. Uh, this, that that scene was haunting at the end of this issue, where he he reveals that giant hunk of Kyber that's just, yeah that these, yeah. these these creatures are basically sawing away at and uh, and then he's kind of like I, I, my interpretation was like standing atop it or like next to it or in front of it, and it was like he was unaffected by like the blinding light that was emitting from the Kyber crystal, whereas. Darth Vader and Ochi were just basically it was like it was basically uh, you know damaging them like, yeah. psychologically like like just... it knocked Ochi's helmet off <laughs> yeah literally yeah 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 um yeah, yeah. moment yeah there's a lot a lot of power there and then I mean yeah it was a super powerful moment and then um, do we want to get to the last yes. panel like to the end yeah yeah, yeah. all right so so ultimately because I was wondering this like. How does like through this whole comic, Vader's like, I will not be deterred. I'm going to kill you. I'm not your apprentice anymore. Yep. Like really cool stuff. Like and but finally, it's the Kyber and this source of power that that diverts him or does it right. So he's, you know, Vader's brought to his knees under the red. Right. And and yeah. and so Palpatine thinks he's got him right where I want him. He's like, this is it. Like, it's if you want to escape pain, you need to join with my power. Um, that's the only way. He's like, he's essentially saying being terrible takes practice. You need to recommit to being terrible over and over again. And so he asked Vader to do it again. And just then Vader has a vision. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, yeah. I saw that was like Vader was in awe of the power. And then again, the glimpse of the, the kind of, I think the visions from the force and the force yeah. is tell, telling him, his moments, the moments coming. You're going. You and your son are going to change the fate of the galaxy and yeah. disrupt the emperor. But just, just hold on. Like hold it's on. like I love that. I, I honestly, Greg Pak is did such a good job with the flashbacks and the kind of, um, the kind of parallel echoes. I want to call them. Uh, just incredible work. We get a monkey's paw ending to this in a way that I love, in that he sees a vision from the Force that does not lie to him. He just interprets it in a different way, right? The, the vision he gets is from his son saying, search your feelings, or I guess from his son he gets, you can destroy the emperor. He has, he has, he has foreseen this is your destiny, right? And it's Luke on Bespin reaching out to him. Basically the yeah, exact the in Vader's place. Yeah. It's, a, it's a role reversal of the right. last scene. Yeah. Exactly. And back. that vision is right. Vader yeah. destroys the emperor. 
in his mind, he just thinks he's going to reunite with his son, take over and rule the galaxy and Sith evilness. But what he doesn't realize is what the Force is telling him is like, no, no, you're going to have this last second turn. You're going to sacrifice yourself for your son and destroy the Emperor, but not really because of Rise of Skywalker. But we'll ignore that for now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also, so that line is a don't parallel. Don't worry about it. That's the same line that um, Palpatine gives Vader in Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah. you will bring him to me. We will turn him like I have foreseen this, you know, it's yeah. like the same thing. And then, I mean, there's so many layers to this. Also, it, it um, refers back to Palpatine's vision, which we saw a few episodes ago. Right. Where he knows that he thinks that Luke is his, um, you know, he has a vision of Luke of his own and, and sees thinks that is going to be his key. So it's really like the force itself is luring Palpatine in towards Luke Skywalker and it's telling Vader, like, just keep doing what you're doing. Your bond with your son is the key to overthrowing him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just not in the way he imagined. Yeah, yeah. It's I, it's really great storytelling. It 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 feels true to the movies, and yet gives you this extra depth to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, transcendent it, storytelling from both Charles Sewell and Greg Pak in their their respective Vader runs. Yeah. And I think they're keying into the same thing, which is that nuanced somber uh, identity for Vader where he's, it's he's broken and he's, he's, he's definitely uh, tormented, you know, by the emperor, but there is that glimmer of hope. There is Luke and, and he just needs to hang in there. He needs to just build up, you know, keep his fortitude up and, uh, and make it to that, that throne room. Yeah. I yep. also think like in that moment, he like Vader is so enraged that like with him, like he I think he would have given his life to kill the emperor in that moment if he could. So, I, you know, I don't the way it, it, it turned out, you know, it I don't think he'd be adverse to that. I don't know that. Yeah, I, th I think at that moment, he I could imagine him being like, I would give anything to kill this guy. Yeah. Even if it meant him sacrificing his own life. But uh Yeah. It's also displays of power was a central theme in this issue. Like he arrives on Exegol atop this colossal monster from yeah. the Red Nebula. And then the Emperor quickly thwarts it. And then there's this cat and mouse thing to the very end where the Emperor then shows is atop this massive kyber crystal. And it's 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 then reversed and, and the Emperor has the advantage and he's like, I this is the ultimate source of my power. Look upon my fleet, like look upon my accomplishments. And it's it's really interesting that it's it's kind of a mirror when you look at the beginning and end of this comic. So uh, just really uh, incredible work, a work from uh, Greg Pak. Yeah, agreed. Well, all right. I guess we I guess we covered this one comic thoroughly. <laughs> um, and we yeah. still somehow didn't talk about the giant kaiju fight anyway that there's not to say but there's a giant kaiju fight that opens this issue so check that out yeah yeah because apparently palpatine's ready for anything yeah um <sighs> i know ben's like i'm gonna land this thing any second now but looking no. forward we talked about may the 4th um a lot of things but the day after we are getting our first issue into the war of the bounty hunters so we are officially starting this oh. crossover event. We're gonna get, we're gonna get War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha, uh, which is kind of the opening salvo of this whole thing. And the description from Marvel is uh, the notorious bounty hunter Boba Fett has finally landed his greatest prize, Han Solo, frozen in carbonite for easy transport. 
that will bring the smugglers to Tatooine to collect the massive bounty, uh, ma- the massive, massive bounty placed on Solo's head by the fearsome crime lord Jabba the Hutt. Sounds easy. What could go wrong? Followed by seven issues. So apparently a lot goes wrong. But we're so gonna are we get the- just going to get this this run for seven issues and we're not going to get any of the other four comics? So I think Vader are- is continuing, right? Vader is continuing. Vader is continuing, but all of these, all of the issues of the main run are going to tie into this War of the Bounty Hunters. And there's also going to be a War of the Bounty Hunters miniseries. So we're going to get, you know, this, I think, five, four or five issue main run War of the Bounty Hunters. The other series will continue publishing issues, but some of they will tie back in. So, for instance, the next Darth Vader issue says it's a prelude for the War of the Bounty Hunters called Into the Trap. And it says Darth Vader's Darth Vader hunts down the pilot who defied him at the Death Star, Han Solo. So it looks like it might be a flashback issue, just like I think the um, was it the Doctor Afra was a flashback issue. The next issue, the balance, so I think what uh, bounty hunters, the, I think oh the bounty balance right. balance. It's going back to when valiant balance. That's why I forgot what it tracking was. Han Solo. Um, yeah, so I think we're gonna get some flashback issues with we're gonna basically we're gonna get a lot of Han Solo. Because we haven't seen him a lot in this, uh, right? Because where we're at in the current timeline. Oh, yeah, he's not going to be very animated, I don't think, in any of these issues. But no, not right. in the current ones. No. <laughs> but you might right. get some Han Solo uh, pre New Hope Han Solo. I think so. That could be really fun. That yeah. could be super fun. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. All right. Well, then um, we will talk to you again on uh, May the 4th or maybe um, not Revenge of the 5th. What was the one that you came up with? There's always, oh, there's a, always bigger, a bigger there's always fifth. fifth. It's an amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing. This will probably be posted on There's Always a Bigger Fifth um, yeah. of May. And um, we're going to start that one, I think. Um, and um, so with hopefully a bunch of new information and new stuff, but definitely a recap of the first Bad Batch uh, episode. Uh, so that'll be great. And um, hopefully some new stuff, man. Um, that'd be great to to get some new tidbits from the other series that are coming up. I, I want to stoke this flame. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be great. And then again, I think next Friday, a week from today, we're going to do uh, Tarkin Ascendancy. I'm not Tarkin, sorry. Thrawn, Thrawn Ascendancy, yeah. um, the second. Um, Greater Good. Greater Good, the second book, Greater Under Book Good, which I've started. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's fantastic. I can't wait to get through that. Um, and yeah, so that's that's what we're going to be doing. But thanks very much for listening to us this week. Um, it was awesome. And uh, we'll talk to you on uh, May the 4th. So May the 4th be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember... The force will be with you, always.